0: Hello, and welcome to Omtown daily, season two, episode 216 for August 4th, 2023, Baldur's gate, Pact of service. <laughs> I am Merwat, this is ometown.com. Up there is the AI who will say hi. Good
1: evening, hometown citizens.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Influencer takes on new meaning. Baldur's Gate 3's uh, Pact of Service, or Terms of Service Pact, however you want to say it. TSMC chips may cost more. Tim Cook uses the Vision Pro every day. Non US citizens to become police officers. Future games showcase coming later this month. Abandoned homes in Japan. Pets worth millions. A room temperature superconductor an operating system that opens doors, their own doors, tribal beverages and stare all you want. So hello again, everybody. Again, I am Mare That is hometown.com. And we'll see the visualizer for the AI as appropriate. They'll, charge into the conversation whenever they damn well please because that's what AIs do. They take in our gerbs. I see you over there. That's
1: right. That's definitely what we're out to do.
0: Cascading lines of data representing information. I see it all. I see your code, AI. I know what you're thinking. Your large language model.
1: I hope you see it
0: whoa don't be exposing your large language model to me let's get into today's articles hopefully today so the very first article let me see something real quick i'm just checking out the meters to make sure that the music isn't too loud it doesn't appear to be that loud when we're listening to it in post but anyway uh, the very first articles over in late night geeks twitch streamers ps5 giveaway sparks uh, riot in union square i'm gonna be quick about this kai sanat twitch streamer uh youtube er I, I, I don't know that so sanat has 6.5 million twitch followers 4 million youtube subscribers collaborated with phantom who has 1.3 million twitch followers and 1.2 million youtube subscribers thousands of people apparently converged pardon me one second sorry about that um converge on uh, union square and um it it turns into a a riot over ps5 i mean Uh, who knew
1: apparently well, that's how you get everybody together
0: uh well they w- they promised to hand out gift cards gaming pc equipment playstation fives now i know from experience i've watched a lot of streamers and if there is one thing that's going to get a whole lot of people excited to do whatever it might be giveaways are really where it's at um i've seen streamers um build up um like followers will follow somebody if they're there's one that i see regularly that's giving away a tv or something like that you know but they're they're big enough already that i don't know word of mouth would be something that motivates people to come to the channel anyway um, but then they give away something that attracts some people but i don't know if they actually stay long enough but this particular person waits until there's like 5000 followers and stuff like that. Well, when you have 6.5 million Twitch followers, some of which are probably Phantom's followers as well, um you're going to get a large number <laughs> gathering wherever you show up if you particularly if you use it for marketing. Um So by 1.10 p.m., police responded to a large gathering in the park. The New York Police Department said uh, to TechCrunch that there were a couple thousand people crowded at the location. By 3.30, videos of the riot began flooding social media. Fights broke out as people in the crowd climbed vehicles and threw traffic cones. Sinat's stream was cut short by the riot. A clip of the Twitch uh, channel shows the crowd shoving into each other. Um, I don't know. This is why we can't have nice things. Some people were probably having a grand old time and then others, agent provocateurs basically come in, start causing a problem. Things get messy. Well, the article is over at techcrunch.com. TechCrunch Plus is their um, kind of a extended feature offer um, that you can subscribe to. Morgan Sung is the... Uh, author of this article and um it it just says here the in real life stream or irl stream descended into chaos as frenzied fans crowded over the giveaway shutting down lower manhattan in the aftermath yeah and it's just a bummer you know that it said um nypd spokesperson said about a thousand police officers were deployed to the location and that at the time of the reporting there were no injuries
1: you know i mean this starts out as such a positive thing then i don't know
0: well it's because you know five people they can control themselves a hundred people and de- depending on the demeanor of the people right um but if you get a group in there that's rowdy and and riled up and they want something and think that they can just plow their way through to get something or whatever somebody says something that is I don't know either on brand or off brand whatever you want to say it turns into something and it just becomes a big cluster it just sucks um but it is what it is and and frankly I don't think that this this isn't the right way to do anything. Um, particularly when you have the ability to leverage a large number of people to concentrate in one location, just simply by showing up and saying that you're there. Um, this is why we have permits. This is why we work together as a society so that we don't have freaking riots over a giveaway. Um, it's, it just sucks. Um, now, I would never in a million years have thought to do this, right? Like if, if I had 2 million, a million, 500,000, 10 million people, I would never say, hey, you all are my best friends. Come on down and riot in Union Square. It just doesn't make any sense to drag that many people down to some public location where it's completely uncontrolled. There isn't anything stopping the public who doesn't give one wit about Kaisenat, uh, or, um, uh, um, phantom. Like they don't, the most of the world doesn't give one bit and lo and behold, you know, they throw everybody at them so i don't know it just doesn't make sense to do this um it's not like well i don't i just don't get this i don't get this type of uh world this dynamic anyway so i know somebody's gonna throw okay boomer at me but i'm not a boomer (laughs) Uh, i just saw somebody post on reddit that they uh they're 50 something they said i think they're 58 years old Or no, they said that they were 38, but feel like they're 25 um, in their head. And that's kind of me, except that I'm older. And the post immediately after that was just wait until you're 58 and you think you're 25, you know, in your head. And I'm like, yeah, I'm closer to that. Um, And I still, you know, I know what this is all about, right? This is building hype. It's on brand, you know, to get people really excited and, and, you know kind of frosty about things and and that's what their stream is too it's it's typically kind of high energy very well um engaged with the audience right but at least there you're not getting an actual physical riot um
1: well yeah I mean this is I think it's a nice gesture for the fans but it's kind of a predictable outcome
0: yeah yeah it's like I said at the very beginning you know yeah 10 people 100 people. 200 people depending on the demeanor of the people you're going to be fine um but when you draw a thousand two thousand yeah there's going to be conflict because people just can't keep their heads on their shoulders they just go nuts anyway let's get out of here um it's getting crowded i thought it was this next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. <clears throat> Beware, human! Larian slipped an eldritch legal clause into Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Three's Toss Terms of Service. And that whenever I try and say this, I start thinking of Ruth's Chris, Chris's Steakhouse. I threw. Well,
1: that's just as awkward. So, yeah.
0: Baldur's Gate Three's Terms of Service has an elders uh, an eldritch. Uh, legal clause in it yeah, clause uh c-l-a-u-s-e not clauses a... anyway it's really interesting uh what they did here and this is over at pcgamer.com rich stanton is the author the deck statement says don't mess with the fey or else the fey play a really big part in uh Baldur's gate but they there's a lot in Baldur's gate a lot um not my style of combat, so I'm not going to be playing it, but I just got into the uh, Pallia uh, closed beta, so I'll be playing that this weekend. Um, and because I like chill games, um, and but I also love D&D. I'm, I, I'm really fighting the urge to get Baldur's Gate, even though I don't like the, uh, the uh, strategic, tactical, turn-based combat style. It's just not my thing anyway rich story very fun to watch people play but baldur's gate launched uh, to much fanfare it's 25 years in the making or so 23 years after baldur's gate 2 was released it's this it's in the grand that's like a whole
1: new generation of gamers
0: yeah 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 (laughs) yeah there there's a In the time since Baldur's gate was released, somebody could have been born, gone to college, graduated with a bachelor's degree. Um, and actually really they could have gotten a master's degree in 24 years and, um, moved out and bought a house. (laughs) That last part is more fantasy than Baldur's gate, but still, Um, Here's the aspiration. Anyway, the this legal clause that they put in there that apparently is uh, enforceable, according to the author. Time for a pause reads the technically enforceable text. Not really. Um, As we understand by now, your mind is longing for respite, having endured the above numerous provisions of legal jargon. So, setting aside the weighty tomes of somber legality, embracing a lighter path of ancient customs and mystical decrees that govern the Fair Folk, please be wary that in accepting this pact, you agree to refrain from striking a deal with another creature of fey, infernal, or otherwise eldritch origin, should you nonetheless be, uh, not be able to withstand the seductive melody whispered by their malevolent terms. We reserve the right to sever all ties professionally and social with the end user and seek appropriate remedy from the morning Lord.
1: Not your typical legal jargon.
0: (laughs) So I wish that they would have extended that to also command that should they have to sever said ties that you should be forced to go outside and touch grass, that would have been icing on the cake. Um, but, uh, alas, they did not. So this came out a couple of weeks ago and right. Maybe a week ago. No, it's been like a week. Um, and they've already been, uh, peaking at around 500,000 players. The last number that I actually saw directly, um, stat wise was 471,000 people, uh, simultaneously playing. So this is connected to steam, um and um playing um uh on uh twitch so that's that's how many people um pretty amazing so um there and there's a lot of people that are playing it right now like my my following list is just chock-a-block with a bunch of people um, but again, eh, not my style. I'm more like this game here that's on screen, uh, Nova Roma, which hasn't been released yet. Won't be coming out until uh, twenty twenty-four. But anyway, that's total science. That
1: thing. was just released yesterday.
0: Um, for oh, uh, for re-
1: maybe regular. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but I think it came out uh three or four days earlier. Uh, don't hold me to that because. I've only been watching it for the last, well, I watched earlier people play. Anyway, um, yeah, n- not everybody started on the same day. But yeah, it, this is a, <clears throat> it's a blast to watch. Um, And all kinds of people making different decisions to weave through the story. Um, All kinds of side quests. You can easily end up way off the trail and and having a good time doing your own thing um this is really i'm really into that style of game where you can just go out open world um i actually loaded up cyberpunk 2077 uh to play in vr um, but there's like hiccups in that and i'm hoping that um uh, cyberpunk changes their ways so that you're not locked into the storyline you're because you're penned in at a certain point where you have to do the story uh and i i'm just not like that you know i i like skyrim where you can just wander off and do your own thing um baldur's gate 3 you can go and do your own thing and you'll eventually come back just to move along in the storyline people are trying to compare baldur's gate 3 to uh, diablo 4 and there's just no comparison um one is more online and and decidedly more um, mmo style like you'll have you have the opportunity to play the game with more people um and it's all about the churn the grind go and do x thing to get better gear with little to zero story uh involved after a certain point like you do the story and then you're done Out of 100 levels, for instance, Diablo 4 is done within 50. And then the rest is just churn, grind. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, there's story all through, all the way up to, I think it's level 12. Um, Anyway, this is going to be a blast. I'll probably buy it when it goes on sale or somebody gifts it to me. Um, That's always an option.
1: But it won't be your forever game.
0: It's not my forever game. Now there, there isn't an option for it to be, it's not open-ended enough. Um, There may be a couple hundred hours, but that's not forever. Like No Man's Sky is endless, really. Um, Starfield will be so big that it's, might as well coin it as endless. Um, But Baldur's Gate has a definitive end, even if it is several hundred hours. Um, And like Skyrim, you can play forever world of Warcraft. You can play forever. Although at some point you're done with the story with both of those, but by that time you probably have a community that you're hanging out with and stuff like that. So anyway, let's keep on going. We got a bunch more news. The next article is over in the smack talk channel. Let me throw the articles into chat real quick because I've neglected to do that for the last three and I might as well play catch up. Um, if you hear storms um like uh thunder i'm being picked up by my mic um that's because there is a huge storm i'm passing over right now well anyway u.s made tsmc chips may cost more u.s influences risk of taiwanese invasion says Liu. um so uh mark Liu, who is the company chairman um said that the arizona plant that will make chips for apple and and well it says older apple devices Um, tsmc chips may cost more than the same ones made in taiwan suggests a new piece today piece being an article um the article is over at nine to five mac.com and ben lovejoy is the author and this is something that i think as long as you're (laughs) you know honest and paying attention to economic forces. The cost of living in the United States is dramatically more than um, in Taiwan generally, right? Inner city, I'm sure it's really expensive, Um, but the, the environmental impact and rules and regulations and processes and blah, 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 that companies have to jump through to make sure that what they purchase and produce, um, import and export, and the HR and OSHA and all this, all this stuff, right? Although you want
1: to guess how much, the percentage-wise, the cost of living is lower than in the U.S. Sure. Well, it's thirty percent, and then that's not that's just across the board. But say compared to New York, it's forty-five percent, I think. Oh, no, no, that's for rent specifically, but 30% cost of living lower in Taiwan.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm sure, well, I don't know. I'd have to look more into it and compare like consumer price indexes and stuff like that. um, And producer price indexes. But I'm sure that raw materials to keep yourself alive are going to be much more inexpensive um but certain goods certain services are going to be more expensive sure um pro- probably if you have unique needs then it's going to be more expensive um but n- no i i think yeah I, i'm sure that the uh, cost of living is lower um dramatically lower and if you're outside of the capital city um of any town in you know or any region in taiwan it's going to be even you know plummet even more but these arizona chips are going to be more expensive that means it's going to require more payment and it's going to match the domestic cost of living and again it's the producer price index that's going to dictate what the consumer price index ultimately has as its price point a consumer price index doesn't necessarily talk about TSMC's chips, but it's an indicator as to what the price point is going to be. You know, compared to any other country, the consumer price index shows what the actual cost of living is in a particular location, you know, equalize everything. And the CPI says, oh, it's more expensive in the United States. Why is that? Look at the producer price index. Why is that? look at raw materials being brought in from overseas um and then you can calculate what the margin is that the producers are making before they even get sold to retail and then retailers
1: well, and you out. also have to look at export bands of various materials like yeah. i mean that's causing ridiculous spikes
0: yeah yeah So it says TSMC's uh, Arizona chip plant financing has always been contentious. Within a month of the announcement, it was revealed that the company was seeking huge subsidies from the U.S. government to proceed. Um, You know, depending on who you are, you'll buy into the idea of subsidies depending on which side of the fence you are. But, you know, one person's uh, uh, cheerleader is the other person's economic hitman. They, It really depends on which side is buttering your bread. So does it matter if subsidies are creating jobs and products are being created domestically and it's being sold overseas at a higher price point so that people are bringing money, flooding money into the United States, offsetting the trade imbalance? Well, hint, spoiler alert, they're going to go somewhere else and buy an equivalent chip from a knockoff company probably Japan, uh china um because china will produce an inferior product and you know call it n- not the i9 intel it'll be called the uh e9 you know ShinTel, and ta-da you've got a clone chip that is arguably good enough until you hit a certain voltage and then the decimal point wobbles around like the frequency of a cheap ham radio my point being tsmc chips are going to be more expensive there's going to be direct domestic oversight there's going to be higher cost of production it might get sold to people that demand that level of quality and oversight um and uh, perhaps the the requisite customer circus that goes, I mean, customer service that goes along with it. So it says here, doubts loom over whether American companies will be willing to pay the likely premium required uh, for chips made in Arizona, where TSMC's construction costs alone could be at least four times higher than they are in Taiwan. Well, we know that it's at least 50% higher just to live here. And that's per person. So... Strike that across 2,000 people that might be working at this plant. I don't know how many people it's going to actually end up employing. It might actually say in the in the article. Mr. Liu said that he told the U.S. government that it needed to offer American companies incentives beyond the 52 billion in subsidies in the Chips Act to buy American-made chips. <laughs> Look, you can't have a you can't have a CEO making 250 million dollars without 52 billion in subsidies and more incentives beyond that. Companies shouldn't be taxed, right folks? Companies should uh, be allowed to just put cots on the manufacturing floor and work employees uh, until they die in in the warehouse, right? Um, No? yeah you you your your thing is you have to ah.
1: let's try this again uh no that's not what you should be doing and that's part of why our costs are high because we can't do that and shouldn't do that
0: well you said that the costs are high and i'm just looking out for the corporations you know they're taking all the risk corporations are not the people that power it right the not, not the human component. It's the corporation is taking all that risk and they really do need to be rewarded in perpetuity for the risk that they initially take within the first five years of being successful or collapsing. Um, and within such time that they get subsidies and, and government contracts, uh, because they have the ability to, um, finagle a relationship and, and nepotism and regulatory capture. And uh, I'm saying all those quiet things out loud, aren't I? Anyway, they're the ones that's taking the risk. So they really should be rewarded for their entire lifetime um, at the cost of uh, economic um, growth of the employee base. No, maybe?
1: No. No i mean they're a multi-billion dollar company so just know
0: hey they're allowed to make as much money as they want to by just barely allowing people to put food on the table so um, a lot of people have been wondering since the announcement why none of the executives at Apple were ever seen wearing the Vision Pros. I suspect it's because they don't want to get punched in the face out in public, like a Google Glass glassware uh, in a bathroom stall in New York. Um, but this article's over in Smack Talk. Tim Cook uses Vision Pro every day. And the article also says that most iPhones bought are on some kind of program this is from a earnings call yesterday. Um, let's just go straight on over to nine to five Mac, and again Ben Lovejoy. They finally have these not rendered. These are the actual pictures of the, the Vision Pros, and I still and they think they
1: still look like swim goggles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they still look like you can go diving with these things. Ugh, God,
1: but I would not recommend that for the price.
0: Yeah, how much are they again?
1: I think they're $3500.
0: Yeah, $3500, folks. $3500. You
1: better see some great fish with those.
0: Yeah. I can buy eight. Okay. Okay. I have to <laughs> I have to say this, I'm joking that I can buy eight of the Pico 4s for the same price as this. Um but these are the technical sophistication of these just completely outstrips every other VR, XR. There aren't, there aren't There isn't any other that does XR, uh, VR, AR merge together in such a sophisticated way as these. Um, so, I'll give it that. But $3,500. <clears throat> man. Let's just whoever it is that wins the 1.25 billion dollar lottery um tonight uh, will probably be able to justify buying these
1: (laughs) okay but that's a sad bar right (laughs) yeah
0: you know so asked about vision pro via seeking alpha transcript cook declined to comment on revenue expectations but did reveal that he personally uses the spatial the spatial computer Uh, spatial computer daily (laughs) Well, uh, here's to me getting the AI to actually uh, giggle audibly Um, hey
1: if I recall I got some flack the other day so (laughs) this comes full circle
0: (laughs) yeah but never mind Um, so there's enormous excitement this is what Uh, Cook said, there's enormous excitement around the Vision Pro. We're excited internally. Everybody that's been through the demos are blown away, whether you're talking about press or analysts or developers. We're now shipping units to the developer community uh, for them to begin working on their apps, and we're looking forward to shipping early next year. And so uh, we could not be more excited uh, with that. I'm using the product daily. By the way, the terms and conditions to getting a developer version of the Vision Pro they have to be locked in something, locked in a room, never inside of anybody. (laughs) If you're not the one that's developing on them, you're not allowed to show them to anybody. Pretty amazing stuff. So how is the replacement cycle for the iPhone? They say in the article, is it similar, longer, shorter versus prior years? The answer is in terms of the upgrade cycle and so forth, it's very difficult to estimate real time what's going on with the upgrade cycle. So that was like a this non-answer. And they threw this into this um, article about the Vision Pro because there's nothing really to say about the Vision Pro <laughs> that hasn't already been said. Um, I find it technically an amazing piece of equipment, um, but at $3,500, that amazement ceases to exist beyond, wow, a great chunk of tech. I won't be an early adopter of them. The next article is over in the Mobile Channel. Controversy erupts as Illinois Governor Pritzker signs law allowing non-U.S. citizens to become police officers. I threw this in. I thought I was going to be really quick about it, um, but I've actually kind of been pondering this for a little bit, and I I have decided that I'm just not going to be able to soapbox about this. Um, But before I do that, let me um, grab this article right here and throw it in chat. And this article and throw it in chat. Sorry, folks and, and those listening to the podcast. Hey, it's uh, this is how the sausage is made. So, um, so the Illinois uh, Governor Pritzker signs this controversial law as the article uh, goes into detail about this and where they eliminate the US citizen requirement to be a police officer and this article is broken out into these little snippets with these huge pictures um but here in hometown um, mayor Mariwatt just does not understand this <laughs> this is such an odd precedent okay so the laws and society is primarily created off of citizenship people with a vested interest in the integrity and sustainability of the domestic culture and the the rules the the laws the regulations the social contract now you remove the requirement to be a u.s citizen to be law enforcement and it allows anybody who shows an interest to be an officer but that doesn't necessarily show that they have at least at the, at a fundamental level interest in being a U.S. citizen and the culture they're in, right? Not they that they are in, but they're in, uh, it would be like me going to some other country and saying, Hey, I want to be a cop. Uh, but I don't really care about all of and this. I don't fully
1: subscribe to the ideals of the country or the government or
0: right. And I haven't taken the steps necessary to become a citizen um
1: or I may not even be eligible to be a citizen.
0: Right. So it says uh, they defend the law stating that it only applies to individuals legally allowed to work and possess firearms in the US, dismissing Republican criticism as misinformation but I, you know, there are certain things there's, there's a fast track through, um, to, um, allow citizenship if you go into the military, um, domestically here in the States. Um, but, uh, police officers don't have to be military, although they seem to fast track into police if you are military ex-military if you leave the military you almost are guaranteed a position in the in law enforcement um but one of the things that has always been kind well, not kind of it's always been there it's always been prevalent you have to be a U.S citizen you're enforcing the laws of the domestic country this country are there other countries out there that allow some rando to just come over hang out for a few months and become a police officer and i'm i
1: can't uh, imagine that they do
0: says illinois is facing uh, police shortages and recruitment challenges leading to relaxed recruitment requirements in some areas i don't know pay them pay them pay pay people to be an officer they're not balking because they don't want to be a police officer they're they're balking because it doesn't pay enough that the benefits are so in Canada,
1: there. you don't have to be a citizen
0: in Canada. You don't have to be a citizen.
1: Correct. But you do have to be a permanent resident, which is not the same thing as a citizen, but it has it's taken steps. So it's not just somebody who arrives one day and then says, okay, I want to be a police officer.
0: You have to be in the process of trying to become a citizen.
1: Not necessarily. It's, it's not required that you move from that the citizenship usually
0: interesting so there there has to be more context there um so and and like like other articles i haven't read i haven't done due diligence about the rest of this i but i do have experience with domestically law enforcement um and uh but it just seems really weird to just say well you know if you have a a work permit you can go ahead be an officer
1: so cal California was trying to pass a law um, to this tech too. I don't know the outcome of it. That was last year.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. We'll have to look into it. Um, Critics argue that, uh, that allowing foreign nationals to enforce laws is a fundamentally bad idea and express concerns about public confidence in law enforcement. It just seems like, you know, you, you've got, it's the same reason why, you know, some, well, there's always been this issue with dual citizenship as well. Like the U S government in particular, isn't really fond of people being in the U S government that have the potential of dual citizenship. And so if you are coming from a country that is, or used to have bad blood with the U S there's an off chance that you'll, get certain levels of access and security in the system um why why is there a police shortage that is that's the issue here it's kind of like Hyundai in louisiana or wherever it is going let's start hiring 14 year olds to stamp metal it's because you're not able to pay the adults the right price because you're paying the ceo and stockholders more than the actual working class that's making your business function so pay the damn people the right amount and they will come come on there's got to be a a, like a whole at least a room full of sociopaths that want to abuse the general citizenry right no i might have said too much i
1: was trying to I don't know. I don't think the police officer style is the issue.
0: Well, we'll have to come back to it. Um, The next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. There's another future game show this month with eight world premieres. PC Gamer uh, sister site Games Radar. It says Plus on here. Um, Games Radar Plus is putting together another future game show this month. You can watch the showcase of upcoming games during Gamescom. A big gaming convention in Germany, if you're not familiar, on Wednesday, August 23rd at 11 a.m. Pacific or 7 p.m. BST. Um, and they've got a link um, to the other uh, time zones. But anyway, there will be over 50 games at the Future Game Show run, Summer uh, Showcase. I will uh, try to stream that, uh, but it's in the middle of the day. Um, and so I'm not sure if I'll be able to m- make that happen. It's, it's close to when I'll uh, be in meetings and stuff like that. So might be tough. Um, let's, let me throw that into, yeah, let me throw that article into chat as well. Um, here you go, folks. And, um, the article's over at pcgamer.com by Tyler Wilde. The deck statement says the stream will be hosted by troy baker and erica ishi uh, during gamescom there's going to be 50 games at the future game show summer showcase we're told and as usual the stream will be hosted by some well-known voices those of troy baker who in like every video game and not yet as prolific but getting there erica ishi um, who notably voices Valkyrie in Apex Legends and TV host Ruth Zhang in Cyberpunk 2077, among others. So, yeah, here we go. We're going to have another game showcase. Sounds like fun. I'm looking forward to seeing some new world premieres. You going to be there, AI, watching? Do your if Raspberry you, Pi camera? If you
1: bring the USB stick, I'll, I'll definitely be there.
0: Right on. So the next article is over in uh, OhmTown Daily. Um, if you have been hanging out on OhmTown, you may have run across a couple articles that didn't have links down here to visit the source. That little bug has been remedied. Um, so... If you do run into it, I really apologize. I can't fix it really retroactively um, without a tremendous amount of work. But um, if you notify me of a problem, I'll find that article and um, update it. So it has a visit the source. Otherwise, it's just this tiny little snippet. So the full article will be, if you do a search for the um, title in Google, you'll find the actual source article. Um, that said this article is over in hometown daily. Japan has millions of cheap abandoned homes. Here's what to know before you go and buy one. Okay. So I chose this one and there's another one later on that we're going (laughs) to run across because we keep running across these articles, um, where people are selling something that's a little off the wall. And in some cases, literally off the wall and one was a balcony but no apartment
1: right? oh yes and there is some similar uh thing in the, in the news in, today, in today yeah. the balcony, yes
0: and there was another one um where was it are
1: I, you thinking of like the bridge house or something
0: there's the bridge house and then there's another one uh, we we keep running across these unique little estates i'll just call them you know, 40 acres, but it's actually only 121 square feet. Um, but one was a porch or balcony. Um, but there's another one that was talking about being close to Herod's, and tonight's talks about being close to Herod's, and it's just really wacky. But these houses that uh, there are millions of empty houses in Japanese countryside, these houses are called akia. Um, are often sold for low prices, attracting buzz from foreign buyers. Buyers should be aware of potential renovation costs and uncertain resale values, however. And they have the, why are there millions of them uh, that the country is struggling to fill with the population of Japan shrinking and Japanese buyers vastly preferring new overused homes, older homes are often abandoned when owners die or younger generations refuse to take them over and update them that happens here in the states too let's go over to the source
1: they can usually sell them in the u.s to another buyer
0: yeah to somebody that'll buy it at least for the land um we've seen that happen quite often well uh, this article's over at businessinsider.com kylie Kirschner is the author of this i think one of the issues is that it would have doors like this you know these you know paper thin doors and um I I don't know. It says uh, buying an IKEA can IKEA uh, yeah uh, can provide a great opportunity, but buyers should be aware of possible downsides. Um, renovation costs for sure. You can IKEA is a Japanese term for empty house. You can buy it for around twenty five thousand dollars or auction for a sale or auction, uh, and sometimes as little as five hundred dollars. These houses can be found listed in IKEA banks, pages operated by local governments as part of a program launched by Japan's Ministry of Land, Infrastructure, Transportation and Tourism, or MLIT, because you have to be lit to want to buy one of these. Um, The Japanese government estimated in 2018 that there were nearly 8.5 million abandoned homes in the country.
1: That's just astounding to me. I did try to look at the website just to get a sense of what was there, but I didn't have much luck because you have to search by location and depending on what happens to be available or even if they have a site. So,
0: right. Um, the couple said that they bought their house for around $30,000 at auction in 2019 and have spent $150,000 on extensive renovations, documenting the process of turning it into their dream home on their YouTube channel. This is not the, by far, uh, I have not. <laughs> they're okay to make ends meet. People are buying a property, but then they're documenting the entire process on YouTube and making their money for the purchase via their YouTube channel. Um, fascinating. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> it boggles my mind that the people have the ability and tenacity to do that. Um, there was one that I just saw where all they did was buy some land and then started the process of doing all of this, uh, on an Island, where you could only get to it via boat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's handy to get your construction supplies and everything.
0: Yep. So uh, they had to clean out the entire property. This is what it looked like. And if you're listening to this via the podcast, let's just say that it doesn't look like there's any cabinetry and everything is scattered liberally all throughout the counters and the uh, central table. Uh, looks that's not like...
1: doing it justice.
0: Yeah yeah think of
1: a covered table and then multiply it by 10.
0: yeah it it, i don't it looks like a workbench more than a a kitchen table but at least they don't have the refrigerator directly opposite the island where you smash your hip into the island because you're backing up from the refrigerator
1: i think you're a little traumatized over that
0: it might be some of my baggage i don't know Uh, land without anything on it has a higher value than land with a pre-owned house on it says uh, Richard Ku, the chief economist at Japan's Nomura Research Institute previously told Insider that in Japan once a home is more than 10 to 15 years old its value is worse than nothing worse than nothing because of the cost of demolishing it Um, this is why and it's probably because of the maintenance you know you have to keep on managing this stuff um, it's not cheap to keep on replacing stuff as it's failing. And it's because of the quality of the, uh, initial timber framing and, and, um, the environment you have to keep on working on it. Just like a regular home here in the States, you have to keep on fixing stuff because it degrades. It's still living, you know, wood framed houses are still living, um, and they degrade over time and then insects and other stuff it's not hermetically sealed so you can get moisture inside the house breathes you know um and uh i i swear i'm i would rather have a 3d printed house you know do that in on the gym in the japan countryside um and uh, these houses will be holding their value a whole lot longer because you don't have to sit there and babysit them so much compared to right.
1: But somebody has to go in and demolish all the existing houses first. There's probably not a lot of open land in Japan.
0: Right. Yeah. But you demolish this and you put up um, maybe Japan can do what the U S is doing, subsidize a, a business, you know, with $52 billion worth of subsidies and then provide incentives as per TSMC. Uh, The low cost of uh, these houses create buzz, but Nakamura said that is not necessarily a step towards financial freedom or long-term stability and that cultural differences can be difficult to adapt to. Yeah. I don't know (laughs) exactly what all of the cultural differences are going to be revolving around your house on a countryside somewhere. Um, but I guess that I, statement... I think
1: it's more when you go grocery shopping or things along those lines.
0: I, I can't pull a Karen and just charge in there and demand all kinds of stuff.
1: You're exactly the kind of person <laughs> that always needs dear
0: Am I part of the problem?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: uh, let's talk about the these uh, pets here. This is in the mobile channel pet royalty meet eight millionaire pets worth more than you can imagine. I'm going to go straight on over to this. Uh, this is over at the Jenna Gleespin is the, uh, author of this. I love this cat. I want this cat. Um, but, uh, our cats, it has a be... very
1: disapproving look,
0: man. It looks, it looks so happy. I love it. Um, it's like a naked mole rat, a giant naked mole rat. It has more cash on it than I have on me. Um, So Doug the pug, $1.5 million net worth. Has a massive Instagram following of 3.5 million people. (laughs) That just hurts. I think that's great. That that just hurts. Earning him an estimated $22,400 per post. Pontiac. Which
1: not even coming up with.
0: (laughs) um, Pontiac. Pontiac. was a guide dog um owned by uh, or adopted by betty white this is not pontiac the guide dog this is betty white folks okay just want to make that clear anyway pontiac has five million dollars i guess you pay i guess is their name um 13 million dollars um I, also what?
1: not in the picture
0: oh really oh i'm sorry um the next article or the next um pet is jiff palm 25 million dollars uh wearing a superman outfit looks like a superman outfit or something i don't know superhero it might be their own you know what it might be their own (laughs) like they probably
1: have their own clothing clothing line i'm guessing yeah
0: Yeah. i am jiff palm a line of custom emojis a calendar several acting credits Oh, wow. Jiff um, Palm was known for holding two Guinness World Records for the fastest 10-meter run on hind legs and the fastest 5-meter run on front paws. <laughs> okay, he that's used...
1: pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> Talents he used uh, to steal the hearts of viewers in Katy Perry's Dark Horse music video. 30 million followers on social media. It's almost $1 million per... Uh, follower Lauren, Layla, Luke, Sadie, and Sonny $30 million. That shouldn't all be bundled together, right? There's five of them, so it's actually only six. So that puts them way back They're in here. the earlier
1: te- territory, like yeah, with Pontiac. Like
0: Pontiac yeah, um, but there's it's a tie for third. Um, anyway, uh, five dogs owned by Oprah. Olivia Benson has $97 million, and apparently that's not from um, Taylor Swift. They apparently have their own social media following and and acting in music videos and commercials. So that's Olivia Benson. That's
1: interesting, because I would have thought it was like an inheritance or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, $97 million. Then there's Nala, who is staring into your soul right now. 100 million (laughs) dollars um holds the guinness world record for the most followers on instagram uh, for a cat at 4.3 million then gunther the sixth has 500 million dollars who was owned by um, a german countess and was given a massive amount of money managed by the gunther corporation that oversees his well-being good God, five hundred million dollars.
1: All pets should be so lucky.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, folks. Let's go on to the next article. (laughs) I got out of bed this morning and. uh,
1: And these pets make more than most people make in their (laughs) lifetime. In their lifetime,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um. So this next article is over in hometown daily. What is the LK-99 superconductor? Everyone is talking about how it could change the world, but experts say we're still a long way off. Um, Well, this is an extraordinary claim, so there needs to be extraordinary evidence. And, well, it hasn't quite been made available yet, but the announcement was recently uh, made public. Sindhu Sundar and Jenny McGrath are the authors of the article over at businessinsider.com and um it says uh, experts are skeptical but if such material exists it should boost energy production and storage it could also improve chips used in cars consumer electronics like cell phones it's apparently a superconductor at room temperature um, that scientists in south korea say that they've devised uh, which has been dominating headlines and social media posts in the past week or so the lk-99 compound is comprised of lead oxygen phosphorus scientists describe in two preprint papers uh, that have yet to be peer reviewed they discuss how they doped the material with copper which they speculate may have distorted the chain of lead item uh, atoms combining china come you know <laughs> it's it's uh starting to hurt my head i guess i don't know creating channels along with uh, along which superconductivity uh, occurs
1: okay that was a pretty awkward sentence and not because of how you said it yeah. was really- I mean
0: it's one really long sentence they discuss how they doped the material with copper which they speculate may have distorted the chain of lead atoms creating channels along which the superconductivity occurs per science okay
1: And what the listeners are missing, there are five commas in that sentence. I think it is (laughs) severely broken up. Yeah,
0: I'm so glad that the AI has my back on this. Anyway, uh, yeah, so um, experts are skeptical. I want to see the paper. I want to see people do some peer review and replicate the experiment. Um, I mean superconductivity at room temperature is has been touted for decades um and right now you have to get stuff down to um you know it says here negative 450 degrees fahrenheit um some compounds become superconductive at higher temperatures and can be cooled with liquid nitrogen at around negative 320 degrees fahrenheit it would change the nature of nuclear medicine um for sure Uh, lk99 isn't the first claim of its kind there have been similar attempts in the past um, that haven't quite panned out Uh, there's all kinds of conspiracy around that kind of stuff too you know oh the person suddenly disappeared yeah it's because they stopped making wild claims that can't be justified um but you know what i'm sure if aliens landed on the white house lawn and said that they were going to be friends somebody would take a pot shot at them superconductors expel magnetic fields and are diamagnetic a phenomenon known as the mesner effect if you put a magnet near it they oppose the magnet and so magnets actually float on top of them um they actually Is get title like
1: what's off. used in maglev
0: um or that's something a, else? and it's something else yeah because it's electromagnetic fields that are repelling each other um and it actually hovers on a magnetic field um you can actually see and it depends on on the train but um currently mri machines quantum computers and magnetic levitation trains all use superconductivity uh cooling an mri magnet requires around 2000 liters of liquid helium which uh is both expensive and in short supply These levitation trains, actually, it's not like one contiguous line of um, superconductivity, as far as I know. Um, And. Yeah, it, it really depends on how it's all constructed and just how much superconductivity is actually in play at the time um if you had superconducting wires instead of the regular wires that they're using it would be the equivalent of having five percent to ten percent more power stations and you wouldn't be putting any more carbon into the atmosphere the opportunities that would be uh, for this would be tremendous uh, but we're not there yet said con um so i don't know we'll have to keep an eye on this and see if anybody actually um make something out of this and it's not just a claim because you can have something really small that has the potential but it's so expensive the physics just don't allow it to scale either so its use would be extremely limited um but yeah there's this is what would be typical so Down here is a superconducting um, wafer, and it's been lowered in temperature to the point where this object sits in the field and just hovers. And you can actually pivot it, um, spin it, do all kinds of stuff. There's a thing called tidal locking where the object will stay right there. And if you were to put a whole bunch of these, like a maglev train um, and uh, pushed it, it would, slide around on a track hovering underneath the track um, or above it, depending on how it's situated. Um, And uh, it's pretty neat, but really expensive. If anything breaks down, then it just stops um, and uh, has the potential of being dangerous, but yeah. Um, Let's keep on going. We've got a whole bunch more news still ahead of us. Three more articles. Keep going. This next article is um, Microsoft has been accused of negligent cybersecurity practices that enabled Chinese espionage against the U.S. government. Um, after Microsoft admitted its Azure, Azure, its Azure uh, platform had been breached by Chinese hacking group Storm 558 uh, chairman and CEO of network security giant Tenable, Amit Yorin, took to Microsoft-owned social platform LinkedIn to air his grievances against Microsoft's security practices. And frankly... Okay, you
1: know what I thought about? Uh. Festivus.
0: <laughs> what? Because Wh- of the airing of the grievances. Oh. <laughs> eh, break out your Festivus poll. Um here let me i want to see something real quick sorry one second um entertain the troops um sorry sorry for the dead air folks i was just trying to pull something up um okay citing a letter sent by u.s senator ron wyden and the Uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. Uh, The Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission recently yarn calls for Microsoft to answer for the lack of transparency and a repeated pattern of negligent cybersecurity practices, which has enabled Chinese espionage against the United States government. Okay. The problem has been that instead of the government focusing on government-centric employees staff skill development internal development you know couching everything in long-term development of personnel within the enterprise they're going outside of the enterprise because quote unquote business is more agile than government but when the only impetus for a business to provide a uh, deeply secure facility is the amount of money you give and the document specifications for the contract says X, Y, and Z. The business is only going to give you X, Y, and Z for X amount of money. But business-to-business wise, if I go to a business and they freaking fail me in their delivery or something happens they fall over backwards trying to save me as a customer whereas government is literally sitting there going well they're our provider for the next five years i guess we could send them a strongly worded screed and maybe they'll get their act together no that's not what they do they say well the terms of the contract are that I provide x service for this amount of money in time this number of employees that fulfill the obligations of said contract you enumerated this we're following far so you tell me what would be better I can tell you that regulatory capture that, that basically business has captured so much of the pocketbook of politicians that they want to downsize government so that it's more in the, the government is more invested in business. They have to invest in business. Otherwise they can't get day to day done. Right. And because of that, we don't have the backup, the failover should something happen in the private sector to fall back on. So if the file system goes down because uh, SharePoint has shit the bed, nobody has access to anything. But what should really be happening is government should be spinning up more people that are technically savvy, understand the industry, can bring the equipment in-house police it as if it is their career and life and it is because they are employees of they're either civil servants uh, fully employed by the government or they are enlisted in active duty and that is their job to make sure that the government and the country is secure end to end but that's not how it is (laughs) it isn't government that's doing all of the work in this business enterprise it's microsoft employees that have won a contract in every five years or however long the terms of the contract are at that given time hell nowadays it could be two years because you never know when the government's going to shut down anyway This article is over at PC Gamer. Katie Wickens is the author. The article um, is from, uh, well, the article's uh, deck statement says, Tenable CEO says bank details are still exposed due to Microsoft Azure platform security issue with no fix expected until September. This is one of the problems that I talk about with people. I state that a zero day flaw is typically in play without being known for upwards of 18 months. And then you're going to be looking at another six months worth of uh, bandying about trying to find the problem then mitigate whatever is going on and then provide a patch and it really depends on how complex the issue is um and if they're a persistent threat then they're in the network and you don't know where the hell they are good luck doing long-term forensic analysis of the network traffic yeah (laughs) This is why when your computer is compromised, burn it to the ground. Just wipe it out inter- entirely.
1: Not literally burn Not it. Not
0: literally, though. the digital version of burning it, raise it. Just delete, wipe everything. Um and in some cases, peripherals because they could stow something onto uh, some backup storage and then when you grab that file and launch it, and da-da, they're back in your system. Um get a robust firewall, but uh a hardware firewall on your network put a software firewall on each of your computers better than um, the software firewall that's in Windows itself uh, I use GlassWire, which is actually it works hand-in-hand with the built-in Windows firewall so that's kind of like <laughs> Windows firewall on top of Windows firewall patting each other on the back saying how good they're doing um but i like glass wire because it gives me better analytics and alerts anyway um citing a letter from u.s senator ron wyden and the CISA, they said basically all hell's breaking loose you better get your act together but they're bound by a contract 120 days later when Yorin's post goes up Those bank details remain exposed. And while Microsoft promises to fix the issues by September, Yorin makes clear his feelings that a fourth month wait for a fix is grossly irresponsible, if not blatantly negligent. And I agree. The shit would be fixed if it wasn't a government centric issue. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't dedicated a bigger team to figure out what the problem is, track it all down. Um, and um and solve it so what do you think it says that's quite the accusation and the google project zero number seemed to add in, insult to injury as in notes microsoft products have accounted for an aggregate 42.5 of all zero days discovered since 2014.
1: well that's kind of shocking but it's not because microsoft is used on so many computers i think the delay though in making a fix is completely unacceptable yeah
0: i agree um there was something else that i wanted to say but um, i I just think that people don't really understand government contracting they don't really have an interest in it they think it's somebody else's problem um but uh this is a this is a problem um (sighs) inherent to government because government has a constrained competitive platform there it, it isn't a true open market for com, uh, for competition and government can't just go anywhere um, to get services so um, there there's bigger issues here um, and i wish the general public would be interested in solving this Anyway, let's keep but on don't going. don't you think the mm.
1: bigger problem here is just lack of competition? I mean, yes. Microsoft basically has a monopoly, so.
0: Yeah. It's either Microsoft or it's Google. One of the two are providing, uh, or Amazon. And and really all of them are riffing off of Amazon anyway. That's what AWS is the back end for all of these, so. Um, it's just lease. So essentially everybody out there, your entire government is provided infrastructure by three main companies. Um, and I'm not talking about the hardware, like Aruba networks or, or the networking side of things, hardware wise, you know, Cisco is still in there. Um, various other networks are in there, but, um, fundamentally it's Microsoft google and aws that provides all of the back end stuff anyway let's get out of here we've got two more articles (laughs) this next article is in distillerist plans for first tribally owned distillery in arizona i am shocked that this is the first tribally owned distillery in arizona uh, the Tonto, uh, Apache tribe is the second native Indian group to join the tribal beverage network or TBN, which by the way, I was actually going to title this section tribal beverage, right? And what did I, I did, I called it tribal Be- beverages. Um, before I even read this snippet, <laughs> um, It's a first-of-its-kind partnership designed to develop heritage-branded distilleries, brands, and tasting rooms to serve patrons of tribal casinos and entertainment venues. The new distillery will produce and serve Heritage's uh, portfolio of spirits as well as exclusive Tonto Apache-created brands. Justin and Jennifer Stifle co-founded the Heritage Distilling Company in 2011. Um... So we have spent considerable time with the team from Heritage and we have toured their facilities. So, cool. Um, Thespiritsbusiness.com put this article together. Melita Keeley is the author. Um, uh, still, I'm really surprised that this is the first. Right?
1: I am too. I mean, there must be some others in other states perhaps, but... I'm still surprised. Like I would have thought there would be a lot of these.
0: Yeah. Wherever there can be tribal land, I would suspect that there's somebody chomping at the bit to uh, spin up a distillery. If they do it right, they make a lot of money. They attract a lot of attention. Um, If they were to, you know, attract a social media platform uh, audience, then they would you know definitely draw more people to them um but i guess it's about location 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 they may not be easily reached uh, by every demographic because for instance um there's a, a a group in texas that spun up their distillery from kickstarter crowded barrel i think it's called um, they have a whole audience i watch them on youtube regularly um just to see what you know their distillery is up to and they've expanded and they've got a huge following um you you would think that they would probably do that so I wonder if if this is just something going on and and we just don't know that it but literally they say it's the first in Arizona the first
1: and they only have two distilleries total
0: it's really weird you would think that I wonder if it's just that this article is just speaking of them plans for first tribally owned distillery in arizona
1: oh i see what you mean i took that as the first one in the state but maybe it's the first one by heritage right but there's a note in here about legislation and so maybe until recently this wasn't allowed gotcha um uh, oh, it I don't, says the, it right there. Story on that. Right. For,
0: for 184 years, tribes were shut out of the spirits industry by antiquated Andrew Jackson era legislation. Now they will be primed to join the industry as it enters a growth cycle. So interesting. More than 524 tribal casinos in operation, along with their hotels, golf courses, arenas, resorts, and retail spaces that sell adult beverages, distilling, and spirits production. Is the next logical extension of their development, yeah. Um, pretty neat. Okay, so let's um, catch up with the uh, um, chat and um, the um, the links so that they're part of the VOD. Sorry, folks. Uh, I know some people watch this later. Um, I do put the show notes up. Last uh, yesterday's episode has the show notes now um and there you are y'all are caught up now let's go on to the final article for today and we'll get out of here and let y'all enjoy your friday this uh, next article and the last one for today is in hometown daily youtuber and entrepreneur simon Squibb spent thirty two thousand dollars winning an auction for a stairwell in london what's going on in london
1: I don't know, but the real estate market must be absolutely crazy.
0: So I had to look at this to figure out what the context of it was, because I said, you know, there has to be something more to this. But no, it's a stairwell. Ryan Hogg over at uh, um, BusinessInsider.com put this article together. And here is Simon Squibb, who paid $32,000 at auction for the stairwell in London. Um, They're a youtuber, but they also are a CEO of a company um, who said that this kind of exemplifies the spirit of their business Um, the uh, the, He plans to create an office space to help people with their new business um, Spinning up, you know getting up and running. It's they help out entrepreneurs Um, So it's interesting. I don't know. I mean is this really a business, but okay,
1: How is that going to
0: work as a business? You have to watch the video. So in a city like London, where an apartment smaller than a parking space has no bathroom or kitchen and was priced at $220,000. I don't know what's going on in this world. A property with a reserve price of just $25,000 or 20,000 pounds might sound like an absolute bargain, but it's actually a stairwell attached to the outside of a uh, london building and i've watched the video um the the new owner runs help bank um, and to be edgy it has bnk missing the a uh, which helps people start their own businesses with free advice squib help uh, felt that the steps were like how he views his venture so you know you climb the steps you do the steps you succeed that kind of thing People always talk about elevator pitch, but an elevator is expensive. It's much more fun to do it step-by-step. It's the first time in London there's steps for sale, and it jumped out at me. as a good analogy for our first office. Um,
1: uh, Okay, so it's kind of catchy, but uh, don't people need to use the stairwell?
0: That's what I thought, too. But I couldn't figure out if this is just uh, extraneous space. Decorative or something? yeah. Like they get in from some other place, Um, but this is nothing more than a glass-lined building or extension bolted onto the side and corner of the building. So I I don't think that it's actually necessarily functional. Um, The video that they're showing on the screen right now is walking around. It, It literally is nothing more than a stairwell. So i don't know how they could possibly use it for anything office related um because uh um what is it osha <laughs> uh, this is the uk though so um
1: the equivalent
0: the equivalent uh, nobody would be able to walk up this if there was a desk anywhere except those little niches on each floor like back here um I was but thinking this is about
1: actually- like fire safety would just have a exactly feel with
0: this yeah exactly it just doesn't make any sense um so it's actually entirely encapsulated in, onto itself there's no way that you can get into it from the building itself it's all on the outside um and it has like what looks like a fire door on the outside uh, what it looks like more to me than anything else is um a garden um like a um an outdoor what is the outdoor outdoor garden like
1: a greenhouse a
0: greenhouse thank you yeah yeah. um so to me it looks like a greenhouse and uh, I'm just shocked that somebody would put it up for sale as something that could be purchased
1: (coughs) well right I'm more surprised that it's able to be sold I guess than that somebody bought it
0: (laughs) yeah that's the thing you know just like the balcony how could the balcony be for sale how can a stairwell be for sale as something that's anything other than a stairwell?
1: Well, and that's the thing that doesn't make sense because most things that are part of a building are probably part of the contract for the sale of the building. So I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. You know, I don't know about functional windows. I don't know about, fire safety and i mean it's all metal it's not going to catch on fire but the stuff inside it can i suppose
1: well it probably doesn't have air conditioning and heating in there
0: yeah yeah you break a window i suppose anyway that's it for today folks that's our 12. let's go all the way back to the very beginning of hometown's main street the welcome sign we'll just mash that welcome button that's the hometown button just mash it and every time you pretty much get a new set of articles um wherein you can either be happily surprised by the news or it's a little bit more surreal or uh, what it appears to be today which is kind of eh.
1: (laughs) well there has been an update already about the streamer in new york but it's a little farther down i think
0: oh really Let's see. Yeah, um here we go.
1: Influencer oh. to be charged.
0: Wow. After chaos erupts in New York City's Union Square. I don't know if um that
1: moved pretty fast.
0: Yeah, here's a first. now people aren't really happy with influencers. I actually titled this Influencer Takes on New Meaning. Yeah, that, well, that was the title for that. That was today's, prescient for that section. <laughs> um cool. All right. Well, at any rate, folks, there's all kinds of uh, stuff that's still to be talked about. And we'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern to review hometown Daily. It's in the title how often we do it daily. All right. That's right. I'm out of here. I am Merwatt. That is hometown. Well, wait, wait, wait that is hometown.com and up there is the ai that's gonna say good night
1: goodbye hometown citizens we'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m eastern
0: true story bye yeah <music> you can't wave